Hello there, Vitamizers, and welcome back to the How Do You Health podcast. As always, I'm Allison here in Austin, Texas with Slenderella, and your two hosts for the show are Baldo Garza with Tex-Mex Yogi and Nurse Doza. We discuss with our guests how they health. What does that look like to them? What does their health story look like? What are they doing now? How are they living their health? Before we dive into today's guest, the How Do You Health podcast is brought to you by Slenderella. Slenderella is a vitamin shot and IV blend that was designed to help your liver function optimally. It got its name when the creators started noticing that liver detox was causing many clients to lose weight. Now there is a whole line of different Slenderella blends that you can customize for your needs, as well as a supplement line to support all of your Slenderella goals. You can find distributors and more information at www.slenderellausa.com. This podcast is recorded at MSW Lounge. MSW Lounge is located in Westlake Hills in Austin, Texas. They provide a variety of services, including vitamin shots and IVs, the whole Slenderella family, concierge medicine, chiropractic, massage therapy, a vitamin drink bar, and tons of other local company offerings for ways to clean up your health and naturally stay that way for a long time. Find out more at www.mswlounge.com. This podcast is sponsored by Athletic Outcomes. Athletic Outcomes is Austin's boutique wellness studio focusing on functional fitness and sports recovery. Located in Southeast Austin, AO provides services such as personal training, group classes, pre and postnatal training, nutrition coaching, massage therapy, chiropractic, recovery compression boots, and MSW lounge vitamin shots. It's your one-stop shop for health and fitness. Check them out on social media at Athletic Outcomes to stay up to date on their events and programs. This podcast is produced by Flabs to Fitness, Inc. Flabs to Fitness is an online wellness company that specializes in mindful eating, personalized workout programs, and offers a subscription workout program for 20-minute workouts you can do anywhere. It's also a social media content firm for creation and scheduling of content and engagement with your fans on a variety of platforms, including this podcast. Find out more at www.flabstofitness.com. Okay, so today's guest is Fayez Rana, and I apologize if I pronounced that name incorrectly. Fayez is the co-founder of Prep to Your Door, which is this incredible meal prep service that started in Austin, Texas. They are extremely sustainable in their practices. Any food that they deliver to you is actually in reusable mason jars. And we just connected super well with these guys. They align a lot with the Slenderella principles of sustainability as well as long-term health goals. Awesome co-founders. They're making extremely impressive moves in the food delivery and food prep and sustainability arenas. And we're super proud to also be based in Austin with them. So without further ado, here is Fayez from Prep to Your Door on the How Do You Health podcast. Well, welcome to the How Do You Health podcast. Once again, we're uh, sitting down here with Fayez Rana, co-founder of, uh, um, of uh, Prep to Your Door. If you've been following my account too, I've been raving about them because they came and dropped off or someone dropped off. Yes. Uh, 10 meals and they're vegan and they're great and uh, they're straight from the farm. And uh, and we're excited. We're excited to talk about some food and, and you know basically we're we're kind of like uh, mixing some roads here or, or crossing roads with food and nutrition and that's what we've done. And, and you know our philosophy has always been like, hey, you can't get all your nutrients from your food anymore. So um, 
And why? That's the big question. And, and the right? question of why, right? But then we have Nurse Doza as well too. We're going to talk some vitamins. We're going to talk all the things. And uh, let's get this party started. Why? So. Why don't we have nutrients in our food anymore? <laughs> that's what that you, you asked. That. Just that's a, just get right into it. Get into it. Into it. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I'm not an expert, so I just want to like preface this whole thing. Right? I'm not <laughs> an expert in basically anything, but from my understanding, is that our soils are depleted. Yeah. Um, conventional farming practices. Um, chemical pesticides, we just, we've overworked uh, our soil. Um, if you just, if you look at organic soil versus uh, conventionally farmed soil, it just looks so dehydrated and brittle, yeah. whereas the biodiversity and the richness of the organic is so much deeper in the earth. So basically, topsoil has been degraded. Yeah. And I, I've tried to do my research and, and ask people if organic food is healthier or not for you, and I don't think there's any def definitive evidence. Yeah. Um, but it is clearly better for the environment. So that's where I went about organic food. That's cool. I, mean, I like the way you put that because if something's organic, everyone thinks it's automatically healthy for you, right? Like this is an organic avocado. Right, yeah. as opposed to a non-organic, a GMO version or whatever. And I tell people, I'm like, hey, if it came from nature, probably better off regardless. We got pesticides on all this stuff we don't even know about, right? Yeah, I, I had this uh, visual in my head, like if I go and take the pesticides that we spray on our fruits and vegetables and just ask you to take a sh shot of that into your mouth, would you do it? And I think most people, nine out of 10, would be like, no way, I'm not yeah. spraying that on my face. Yeah. But we're, we're happy to eat it because we can't see it. Um, so, you know, organic organic food's a little bit more expensive, so that's understandable. But you mentioned an avocado, and I think there's this concept called a dirty dozen. Are you, are you familiar oh, with yeah. That? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so, like, um, if somebody wants to eat more organic, you want to pay attention to 12 or so fruits and vegetables, and these tend to have thinner membranes. And so... Basically, the pesticides can get inside them more Easier. easily versus an avocado, which has a really thick skin. So they say that you don't need to be too concerned about an organic versus a conventional avocado. But And that's the whole, like, clean 15. Yeah, clean 15, dirty dozen, you know, 12 or so. So like a tomato, you want to make sure you eat a tomato that's organic. Yeah. Et cetera. Et cetera. So, so let me ask you this. And this seems like a basic question, but what's considered organic? Versus a non-organic food product. Are are you want to know like what makes yeah. it labeled? Yeah, like why why is this considered an organic food? Because my dad used to always joke around because he grew up on a farm. He's like, I didn't call it organic food. I call it food. Like I'd <laughs> go out and get a food that was from the yeah. vine or whatever. So it's like he's like, what's organic mean? You know. Um, well, bit, to my understanding, it's basically the fertilizers that you use, the pesticides and herbicides that you use to control the environment. Um, that the food is growing in. So a funny thing is our food is 100% organic, the food that we serve. Mm -hmm. And when it comes to our kitchen, you know, oftentimes we'll find bugs in there. And that's one of the main reasons that mass-produced farming wants to use pesticides and herbicides so that they can kill the insects so that insects don't interfere with the product that they're trying to grow. Right. Um, in, in organic farming, you're, you're gonna get bugs because Bugs are, you know, part of the environment. Because you're not using pesticides and, to kill them. And they like <laughs> to eat food as well. Yeah. So, 
Um, they're plant based. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're plant based. Um, so basically, it's you know, it's what chemicals are you using to to control the environment, the food choice. Right. And and let me ask you this: um, the certification process. It's expensive. Yeah. Yeah, it's really expensive. So local small farmers can't always get the organic certification, which which is a problem. But you just you ask them if they're using organic farming practices, and let me ask. Times out of ten, they say yes. From a business standpoint, has that ever held you back for any reason? You think? Because I mean, y'all don't have that. But it's we like, don't have this organic certification. But you have like all the organic farms that you use, right? Yeah. So you're like everything we get sourced is organic, right? So yeah. Well, that's the benefit of sourcing close to home is we can have relationships with our farmers and actually verify if they're using organic farming practices and. And a lot of the farms that we buy from do have the certification. They tend to be a little bit bigger, like Johnson's Backyard Garden in, in Austin. They have, uh, I don't know, 100 acres, yeah. 50, 100 acres. So they're, they're, they're great. I like them. They're a medium, big-sized operation, and they have, they have the certification. But if you go to, like, a 10-acre plot, they probably don't have the certification, but they're not trying to mass-produce their vegetables either. So, yeah. yeah. I, think it, I think we learned about food especially like in smaller I guess the serving sizes and portion sizes like I think when it comes to labeling it's like pretty much like hey it's like yeah it comes from my farm you know it's put in a mason jar pretty much right and, and a lot of times I think to me that's a symbol of something that's pure and, and honest and sincere rather than something that has to have that label on there to tell me that it's healthier in quotation marks right yeah well what's interesting about the organic certification is that it doesn't have to be 100% organic to, to get that label. Okay. If you go into the grocery store and something has the USDA organic on it, it could be 70% organic or 80% organic. Um, I don't know much more than that. Uh, you have to ask a real expert. <laughs> um, but, you know, that, that that's the whole greenwashing idea. That a lot of companies, it's marketing tech. You see a lot of products in the grocery store that use the word natural on their products. Well, what does that mean? Yeah, mean like natural qualitative, flavors. Yeah, natural flavors. Um, yeah. So it's kind of incumbent on the consumer to do their own research, but that's, that's kind of the brand that we're trying to create is that we're telling you it's the highest quality food that you really can source, and it's our job to make sure that But it goes further than that, right? Because you're not just a food company, right? Like, you've had to learn agriculture, right? You've had to learn about um, zero waste, right, and sustainability. One of the coolest things that I heard about your company prepped to your door was that um, you plant a tree for so many miles that your delivery trucks have to travel, right? So, yeah, there's this... It's, it's kind of a, a new age of business of how do we um, track our footprint. You know, we, we're running this business, and there's so many processes that go on. Um, how, how much are we polluting in the environment? How, many, how much greenhouse gases are we emitting? And so our delivery is one of the easier things to track. How many miles you know, did our fleet go and deliver this week? 
we can track that and there are firms that you can partner with that say you know based off of the number of miles that you you've driven this week you emitted this much gas that means this much carbon in the atmosphere and you can plant this many trees to sequester that same amount of carbon so that's just one of the small examples that you can do to actually be a greener company yeah um of course as we grow we want to be able to track how many miles did it take for all of our ingredients to get to our facility you know we don't really have that information right now um that's cool though because it's like you're thinking that way because that's gonna that's right. gonna, that's important right at some point it to, is important to fulfill your mission yeah to right? fulfill our, our mission it's it's one of our core values and um that's sort of where technology like blockchain becomes important because that provides transparency into the whole supply chain so if we have some chili powder in our in our kitchen where did that actually grow on the earth then where did it go to be processed where did it go to be packaged where did it go to be distributed and then it ended up in our kitchen somehow right our food goes through a lot of steps to end up in your pantry and so technology like blockchain should hopefully bring more transparency in those areas but for now we're doing the best that we can um, you know that's why we try to source as locally as possible we want to be as close to the source of our food as possible um, but of course you, we can't buy an avocado in Texas I, we haven't found a farmer that grows avocados in Texas so some things are coming from California and you know I honestly don't know where our chili powder comes from but I don't think it's from Texas <laughs> yeah. so. so that's interesting that you mentioned blockchain because I, I can kind of see how it works with financially right with all mm -hmm. the Bitcoin and all that stuff and would you think that people would store, like, a, a, as that ingredient is passing through your company, would, would companies store that information so that anyone can access it? I, I think that's the whole idea. Again, I'm not yeah. super well-versed in blockchain, but um, from my understanding, that's the point of it all, is that it provides transparency into basically the steps or the life cycle that a product has undergone. Where did it originate and where has it gone to get to where you are? Um, and, and that's that's the purpose it serves in finance as well, to see if money is clean, if transactions are that's clean cool. or not. That's really yeah, so I just never thought about it that way, but that's yeah. cool. Yeah, that, that makes sense. I think it's awesome that you're just, you're looking at the bigger picture, right? Because, I mean, I don't know how y'all were when you first started, but did you you weren't thinking about sustainability and zero waste and, and well, I mean you probably thought about the mason jars at first right right but that's where it stopped right because you're like well how are we going to start this business how are we going to get like the first couple clients right yeah I credit my partner a lot with keeping me honest <laughs> um, I probably would have not stuck to the plant-based part of it um, if it wasn't for her um, in the early days, I was I was looking at the size of the market. Okay, if we do some meat, you know, more people would buy from us. But she she pushed back, and and that's a that's that's a good partnership is when you can have a, a healthy level of debate. And I'm really glad that I lost that debate because <laughs> it's just something that uh, neither of us is 100% vegan. Yeah. Um, we do try to eat 
responsibly source. We don't really eat meat. We, we eat like fish every now and again. Um, we get eggs from her dad's farm like once every two, three weeks. And those farm, those chickens are living good and they yeah. eat good. So we know that they're, yeah. they're not cooped up and living on top of each other. Um, but we do feel that it's really, it would be really helpful for people's health and the planet if everyone just ate one more meal that's plant-based every day. And we think that we can help towards that. Yeah. Um, I, my mission is not to make everybody vegan. If I could make that happen, then if I thought it was like a practical thing, then maybe I would work towards that. But I just don't think it is. And I think it would be just as helpful if everybody ate half plant-based. You know, I yeah. just don't think we're eating enough vegetables and fiber, period. I agree. So we just make it easy for you to eat vegetables that you never heard of and make it delicious. You guys ate spaghetti squash this week, right? The oh, spaghetti yeah. squash was awesome. I had the curry. I've had that twice now. I think there's diff two different forms. The one we had now was like a mashed potato kind of deal. It was mm -hmm. the Thai curry, I think. Right. I think you ate the doll. So we we messed up this week, uh -oh. and the way we planned the menu, it, we ended up having four out of six meals were yellow. So it was hard to tell. Yeah, like, yeah, what yeah, was yeah, yeah. Usually the menu is a lot more colorful than that. But oh, I thought it was awesome. I mean, it was delicious. Yeah. I mean, you open up a jar and you just start mixing it, and then it's like there's your meal. Like, yeah, and it's good. Like you, all the spices, and the cool thing is, I read a lot of labels, right? Like you read a lot of labels. Right, which you yes, should read your well, nutritional labels, right? I recognized all the stuff in there. Exactly. That was probably the most minimally processed I've ever seen. And I think like your only process was like preservative was like salt. Yeah, we don't use preservatives. Yeah. Uh, you know, when you get this meal delivered to your door, eat it within five days. I mean, food should feel bad. That's right. It should spoil. That's right. There should be bugs. Should there should be, the bugs should want to eat it. The bugs should want to eat it. It should go bad. Everything's going to be all right. You're going to get new meals delivered next week. And you told me ladybugs are good luck, right? Was it you that said that? <laughs> Someone told that, me that ladybugs were good luck uh, when it came to your food. Like if you saw ladybugs <laughs> out there in the garden. I can't remember who was saying that. But but going back was to... Michael? Somebody, I think it was Michael. Michael said <laughs> that. So, which, yeah. by the way, we love Michael. He's, he's I listened guy. to his podcast with you guys, and I was like, wow, he speaks better about our company. <laughs> it, it was funny because he kept saying, like, well, I don't know this, but, like, yeah. you know, from what I've seen, because yeah, yeah, he's yeah. relatively new, right? Yeah, he, he's coming up on a year or so. And so you have how many employees now? Uh, or staff, like, should we say staff? Yeah, uh, about 15. 15, yeah. right? And y'all been around two years? Three, almost three. Three years now, yeah. right? So, you started off with you, Heather. That's it. That was it. Yeah, our partner. She said Heather said that she that's what she used how she used to make her own meals, yeah. right? Like, yeah, that, that that was exactly it. I mean, when she lived in New York, you know, it's a very fast paced life. It's not easy to get home. You know, you go out into the city, it's going to take you a while to get back. So, she used to make these mason jar meals for herself. And then when we started dating, I used to enjoy it myself, and <laughs> I was looking for a job and. That's no fun for me. It just doesn't go with my personality. <laughs> so I thought, let me see if I can sell a few of these and make a little money while I try to figure out my life. Um, Dude, we we sold a couple. Then I was like, well, I guess you can. Yeah, I'll sell you one. Like, you like, can I have one? I was like, yeah, I mean, sure, I guess. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just bring me back to the jar, and they did. So. Wow. <laughs> well, let me ask you this: How 
Who did, was the first person you sold to? Was it just like that? Where you just had like a mason jar that was full and like sitting in the counter? No, on the counter? not at all. Actually, the way we started, so we prep uh, our breakfast smoothies the same way. Okay. We would basically, we had like compostable Ziploc baggies. Uh-huh. And what we would do at home is we'd put like, you know, kale, banana, protein powder, blueberries, coconut oil, salt. Mm-hmm. We'd put it in there. We'd freeze it and every morning we'd just put it in the blender and have some almond milk. So what we were originally trying to do was sell those. And there was some gyms downtown that were like, we used to have this smoothie bar that would deliver fresh smoothies um, to our people as they were leaving class. Um, So they would go into class, 5 a.m. class. They'd check off that they want a blueberry smoothie. And when they get out at 5.50, they'd have a smoothie waiting for them. And their contract had expired that smoothie business went out of, went out of business, and they're like, "Would you be willing to do that for us?" And we're like, "I mean, I think it's money." Yeah. Yes, yes, yeah, <laughs> it's money. Yeah. <laughs> it happen. No, like, no problem. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we did that, and we did that for half a year, honestly. And from that, we would also include a menu that we also deliver food to your house on a subscription basis. And so that's how we got our first client. That's cool. Yeah, somebody called us and was like, hey, I heard you do food as well. And we were like, yeah, 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 of course we do. What do you want? And we just started doing it from there. About eight months in, so we started in January of 2017. And by August, I was just like, I don't I don't think that this smoothie thing is adding a lot of value to people's lives. But I think the food is really interesting. Yeah, it was just the smoothie was just like a, like a marketing tool. Yeah, it was a marketing tool. I think it was it was cool, but I didn't feel like it was unique or, I don't know, people can make their own smoothies when they get home. Like, what's the big deal? But we can do something creative with the food. Yeah. Um, and so we just mixed the smoothie part of it and focused on the food, and here we are today. But but y'all still do smoothies. Yeah, you you can get them with your delivery now. Because I saw that at the bottom. It's like, yeah, yeah. smoothies go. Oh, there's a smoothie in there, I think, right? Yeah. Uh, not in your delivery, but yeah. There's something with the jelly in the top or something. That was, uh, that's overnight oats. Oh, nice. Yeah. I was going to try that next. Yeah. Well, but it's funny. You talk about business perspective. Your business flipped because you basically yeah, saw, like, and it's, it's funny because people talk about business plans all the time. Right, like, and I don't know what your business plan looked like. Never had ours. Yeah, I mean, because even if you did, it would have changed, right? Because you say hey, we're a smoothie business. No, we're not. We're yeah. a food delivery business, mm-hmm. right? And now, maybe you're not a food delivery business. I mean, maybe you're you're something else, right? I mean, you're probably still evolving. Um, I'm open to evolving. <laughs> um, you know, I like to think about the big picture a lot, and I think about where we can go. Um, I think it's really important to have vision. I also think it's really important to stay focused and uh, zero in on what you're doing right now. And so right now we are a food business. Um, we want to get our mason jar meals on as many doorsteps as we possibly can. And so that's our focus. Um, and as we grow that, you, you never know what you can you can grow into, you know what I mean? Like we, those overnight oats, we, we collaborated with two other local businesses on that recipe. You guys know Rachel from, from yeah, her yeah, turmeric? Yeah. So her tur- turmeric paste is in those oats. And then there's Jake and Juby's. They have, nice. you know, yeah. and so their granola butter is the topping on those oats. That's awesome. And so we deliver, you, you guys know Fresh Bronx? Yeah. For right. that nut milk? The, nut milk. Yeah. yeah. So we sell their, their stuff as well. So if you don't want a meal, you can get Fresh Bronx as well. 
So I think we're going to build on our add-on program and just have other local businesses and be able to deliver that as well. So we could become, you know, a, a premium online grocery store, the highest quality grocery store delivered to your door. That's cool. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So that's yeah. one step at a time. It takes, you got to build some new technology to be able to do that seamlessly so the customer can just open their phone and do what they want. And, but yeah, we're going there. But you're doing all this while still being in the kitchen. Right, I, and, and like seeing everything. Well, my, this is where Michael comes in. <laughs> a lot off my plate there. He's managing the kitchen. Yeah. Um, I don't. I don't cook anymore. Um, I should have never been cooking in the first place. <laughs> I don't, I'm not a cook. I've I've gotten thousands of hours of experience in starting this business, but uh, that's not where I was at, adding the most value. Right. So, fortunately, now I don't really. I, I don't cook at all, which is great. Um, but I am the official taste tester. I like to <laughs> make sure everything is tasting all right. But yeah, Heather is extremely talented with food. Um, we're always interviewing executive chefs to have somebody in there that can take over for her. We did have one for a long time who was a private NFL chef for over a decade. Uh, he used to travel with his his uh, Hall of Fame NFL player and cook for him. And he, he was our chef for over a year. Um, and he just recently left because he wanted to... We were getting big and it was becoming stressful. So he wanted... He likes cooking for people one-on-one. -on -one. Yeah, of course. Um, so Heather had to get back in there. And, you know, she's making it work for the time being. But, That's awesome. Yeah. If there are any executive chefs out there, we'd like to interview. <laughs> Well, I was just thinking right now, it's almost like you'd have signature lines, right? And custom blends, it's like almost like we get this rock star chef that he wants to come in and be like, hey, can I come up with a recipe and all this? Because yeah. I didn't know that you're collaborating with local people like Kurkuma. Yeah. Like, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. like, all those people that you're friends and that you're colleagues with, you get to work with them. Yeah. I mean, I want to collaborate with all the bloggers and anybody that wants to come up with a recipe, you know? If we can make it happen with that. I'll, make, I'll come up with some recipes. I love cooking. <laughs> I love cooking myself. Yeah. Well, so you talk well, I make all the recipes here. Like, yeah. For, for gotcha. all the drinks and all that. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so, like, I don't know what you had that week that you came in for the lunch and learn, but, like, this past week, tell them what you made. Uh, I made a... I, I try to make, like, like a version of, like, a, like, a, like an etouffee, but, like, a vegan. And I did cauliflower rice with a bunch of veggies. And, nice. Um, <clears throat> with a bunch of veggies and do you get your cauliflower rice from CC's? Mm, I have used them. This one I just basically made it. Like I just oh, chopped up better. a bunch. Of, yeah. So, gotcha. uh, but CC's is great, right? Yeah. And so <laughs> local. And, yeah. And then I did some. Uh, I've been on this kick of making portobello mushrooms make taste mm -hmm. like meat, and it's like apple cider, apple cider, uh, apple cider vinegar sauce, mm -hmm. or just let it just let it sit there for a while. And when I made a Kind of like a paste sort of sauce that was um, purple cauliflower and beets and coconut butter. Okay, so you good. know what you're doing. Oh yeah, and it was great. I I uh, I, I baked the the beets and the cauliflower, the purple cauliflower and a couple other veggies in there. That's awesome. And then I put do it in the Vitamix. Once at least once a week because we do it for the lunch and learns. I always cook for the lunch and learn. Gotcha. And so for me, it's. Whenever we decided we were going to start doing this, I was like, all right, cool. That, that gives me another reason to cook. I, yeah. I, I love it. It's like an art form. It is. Yeah. It is an art form. Most people... Dude, to be honest, like, if I don't have prep to your door in the fridge, 
I'm cooking like the same three meals over and over. Again. <laughs> yeah. It's like, well, that's that's because you know what you like, right? Yeah. And so I'm imagine like even the people that order, they probably get the same thing like as a base, right? And then like yeah, whatever seasonal like you can throw that in. Well, that's kind of one of the cool things about our service is that we have a new menu every week, so people are just trying new things. Yeah. All the time. And that's badass. Yeah. So it is hard operationally because in the food business. Uh, if you think of most restaurants, they have a fixed menu, yeah. so your processes are fixed, and you just kind of do the same thing over and over and over again, so it's easier to scale, um, and and that's something that we've had to figure out over time, but it's just, it's more fun. Yeah. It's more fun. Our customers like it. Sometimes they get a little upset because they love something and they wish it was on the menu again the next week. Yeah. That's all right. Yeah. You can order it again next time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But it's supposed to be seasonal, It's right? supposed to be seasonal. You know, we're not, like right now, is not the coolest time to be eating seasonally because it's like 100 degrees in Texas and you're, it's like... It's nothing's growing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 nothing's yeah. in season. Yeah, nothing's in season <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> except jalapenos. Yeah. Like, yeah. So, but springtime is a really fun time to cook. Fall is going to be a lot of fun. So, I've learned a lot about food, yeah. you know, just doing this. When I was like remarking around the grocery, I'm like, I've never seen that before. I wonder what I can mm-hmm. do it's, it's just that's always my favorite especially when traveling you're like I've never seen that thing. Mm-hmm. I wanna, who's selling that who's cooking that well I think you're paying a little bit more attention than most people because what's crazy about our grocery stores is that the produce section is not really changing that much yeah, depending right. on the season you know what I mean so I think you have a higher level of attention well it's attention. almost like because I'm looking for it like yeah. I've seen all that but what's over here yeah <laughs> yeah yes but we shouldn't have strawberries year round, right? Yeah. Like it yeah. just. But but the thing is, there's a demand for it, right? And so, one of the things I've always had an interesting debate on is like the GMO bit debate, right? Yes. Like like you have you have the capability to basically feed the world, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you can do that, right? And yeah, then that's new. And and yeah, it is new. That's relatively new in the past 30, 40 years, if you really think about it. Green revolution. And so, if you have the idea that you want to end world hunger. You're like, let's just make the most giant tomato that's basically the size of Texas and it'll feed the entire world. We'll never yeah. run out of food, right? But then you kind of bring in this whole other like, dimension to where evolution takes over into a whole other dimension because now you're basically like creating a different genetic pathway for these foods. Mm-hmm. And because you prolonged it and made it bigger, it's taken a life of its own. And so there's like bugs now that are resistant to the pesticides that are being sprayed on the foods and those bugs pollinate and then those bugs are creating something some kind of weird gmo flower that this spawning off some new food yeah right and so i mean my opinion is gmos are probably here to stay they're not going to change what's your opinion on it you know so i mean you know i've done a fair bit of research on this and the thing is the definition of a gmo is really wide so, again, disclaimer, not an expert. <laughs> um, but if you have a field of potatoes, let's say, and it's 110 degrees out of nowhere, and one potato happens to survive, or one row of potatoes survives, and, you, and everything else dies, you take that potato, you save, save its seeds, and you decide to grow more of those potatoes. That's a genetically modified potato. 
you selected for that gene. Okay, that's one version of a GMO. I'm okay with that. I don't see what's wrong with that. Yeah, now like, hey, you, you can <laughs> right. You can also alter the genetic code of a potato in the lab to be resistant to drought, to be resistant to high temperatures. That is where I think things might get a little bit more complicated. It's getting further away from nature. Um, I don't. For me, it's what are the unintended consequences of experimentation like that? I don't know. But the potato that naturally survives in the 110 degree heat is still naturally occurring. It's still organic, hopefully. Yeah. So I that version of GMO, I'm, I don't really have an issue with. If the temperatures are getting hotter and we do find crops that naturally, it's like there's a local company called Desplants, yeah. and they uh, they sell hard to kill plants. So I was talking to him about it, and he basically finds plants that naturally grow in low-light environments. So in the wild, they tend to grow naturally at the very bottom-most layer of the rainforest. So below the, the layers and layers of canopy, so they don't get light. So he's genetically selected for these plants. And he's growing them so that he can sell them to people that don't know how to take care of plants and they won't die, right? Like yep. me. That's yeah. a, those, are two, a, those are two of them right up there. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. So with that, I'm like, that's pretty cool. Like that's just that's just clever. Yeah. <laughs> um, but he's not growing them in a lab and altering the genetic code of you know a plant that's supposed to grow in highlight environment and you know gone in and altered. DNA or whatever. So yeah. That's about the extent of my knowledge on that topic. That was pretty badass because I haven't heard that that first example that you said. I mean yeah. that but it makes sense though. Yeah, and yeah. So I think again it comes down to marketing. You know, there's I think a lot of people are super against GMOs and they don't really know what GMOs are, and that's okay. And some people it's like politics, you know. A lot of people are afraid of different things just because the news channel that they pay attention to decided to nail it into them that this certain thing is scary. So I'm going to be scared of it. So I think that's the downside of the age that we live in and also the upside. Uh, we have access to so much information that you can be well informed like you guys are. And we, are, we also have access to so much information that it can be overwhelming and you just listen to the person that simplifies it. You know what I mean? Yeah. This is a double-edged sword. Yeah. yeah. What yeah. do you think about GMOs? I think it's kind of a necessary necessary evil right now, mm -hmm. right? Because there's endless possibilities with it, right? It, it, I mean, after hearing what you said, a genetically modified organism might be a hybrid of a plant that we come up with down the road. Because mm -hmm. we genetically modified it to, to, yeah. to basically say this is a form of mango now that can turn purple. And now we have this purple mango that you know, has these wonderful antioxidants that all of a sudden like clear up your skin if you like rub it, you know, directly on sure. it. But I, I'm interested in that because essentially that was the original way to cross pollinate and cross hybrid and, and basically come up with new strains of whatever, right? And I think I think it's whoever has the control 
of the ability to manipulate those organisms. That's that's the, the, the issue I have. There's only a handful of people who are really dominating that area. And that's scary because we have no control over that. So that sort of thing, I tend to get a little bit hesitant on because I, I took this class one time and we were learning about um, the most co common suburban tree in America is called like the pear tree or something. Don't quote me on this, but I think it's called the pear tree. It doesn't grow pears, but the shape of the tree is, is so. And it's not naturally occurring in this continent. But, and because it's not naturally occurring, they brought it here because it looks really pretty in, in uh, suburban neighborhoods. And because it's not naturally occurring, there's not a natural predator or some sort of natural system to contain the growth of it. Now, it's growing everywhere. It's taken over the continent and it's, and it's causing all sort of uh, problems in the ecosystem. <laughs> and so there are tons of examples of this where humans sure. decide to pick something up from one part of the world, transport it to another part of the world, it, it's you hear, you hear it a lot with fish too right yeah fish hogs wild hogs they're like apparently not natural uh, native to North America and they reproduce like mad and yeah. you know that's part of the conservation movements uh, so then it's it's listening to the local ecosystem right and then, I mean that's that's what they're, so but botany has always fascinated me because the idea that you could walk around in nature and know exactly what to eat and what not to eat and how to grow it is, is incredible, right? Because then, you know, you can do a lot with it, right? Medicine, I think, about one thing. But, um, you know, most people who try to even grow food, it's not even the easiest thing to do, right? Because most of the things come, like, in a pot already that's already grown for you. There's mm -hmm. stuff that's you have to kind of wait six months to do it. So people are like, well, I'm not gonna wait six months to get lettuce. I'm just gonna go down the store and go <laughs> get it. I mean, it just makes sense, right? Because yeah. we want it now and all that. But I think that there's a lost art in the idea of growing food. And I like the resurgence, this renaissance that I've seen amongst the young people mm -hmm. in this country uh, that, that really care enough about their food. They, they went one step further than just saying, I care about what's, you know, being put into my food as far as the processed ingredients and know this and know to this and no gluten and all that. But now they're saying so far as to say, no, we need to grow food. We need to have community gardens and everything has to be locally sustained. And it's cool to eat food out of a mason jar because I know I'm not contributing to all the trash that's in the ocean right now. You know, and to me, that's cool because when I was saying earlier about, you know, what's the bigger picture is that you're, you're part of a revolution. Yeah. You know, it's basically taking back the idea that we need to be one with our environment, right, and respect it because we are products of our environment. What I've learned in medicine is that stress and disease come from inflammation locally, right? You know, if you eat something that causes inflammation, it tears up your stomach, right? A bee comes and stings you, you have inflammation, mm -hmm. you know, and it's incredible because 50 years ago, peanut allergies were not a thing, and people may or may not have been having all these bee allergies, but everyone was eating honey, which they still are. So I'm like, well, why can I eat honey, but I get stung by a bee, I might die, you know? And so the idea that we have this disconnect with nature is incredible. And I think going back to growing food is, is kind of going back to, and it's a hippie way to say it, but Mother Earth and nature, right? And that's why we should save the bees. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't disagree. I mean, I think there's only a benefit towards... Know, getting a little bit closer to nature, I think people feel that naturally. When you go spend time in a park, you leave a little bit more happy. Oh, definitely. I think that's the beauty of Austin is that we 
prioritize, you know, public green spaces and you know, people like to go to Auditorium Shores and Zilker and Ladybird Lake Town Town Lake. Martin Springs, you Martin go Spring. Yeah, I, I was I walked there with Izzy yesterday and he came right back. I saw that, yeah, I saw that. That's that's the reason we all gravitate towards those places. Um and in terms of like growing your own food, I'm guilty. I don't grow any of my own food. Um, but when I was here last time, you know, I asked the people in the room, like, do you know how a chickpea grows? Most people don't. And I think that we've just grown a little distant from, from our food and, and what food actually is. And it's like next to water, it's the most important thing in terms of <laughs> staying alive. So. I think we ought to know just a little bit more about it. Um, and I, I don't like to play in the extremes. Like, I don't sure. want everybody to be become, like, their own farmer. I think that may be really, really cool. Uh, I do think it's practical for people to have more food knowledge. I think we've done a good job as a society in terms of becoming more educated on nutrition. Um, I think nutrition is one component, and I think actual food, Food education is another component, and so I would like to see that become sort of folded into the next stage of uh, health health education. Yeah. So it's just it's rounding out, you, you know, an understanding of life and, and what it means to live a full life. So yeah, yeah that's, that's that's what I think. I, I mean, I, I like I said, people are fans of food in this city. Like people literally, yeah. like when we like we, to eat it. We like to eat it, but it's like, <laughs> well, what is the original source of it? Where did it come from, yeah. right? And it's not, it's not cliche nowadays with gentrification the way it's going to really say, well, you know, do I really care about the source of whatever you know I'm, I'm throwing business at? You know, it's basically yes, I do because keep Austin local, right? Shop local, mm -hmm. small Saturday, and all that as well, but. From a food perspective, I don't want to eat food that came, I hate to say this, but all the way from like halfway around the world. Sure. Because of all the steps involved. Like you mm -hmm. talked about, all the steps involved to get food from where it should have been growing outside my house or somewhere down the road sure. all the way over to my plate. Yeah, I mean, there's plenty of options within a hundred mile radius, even. You know, there's a lot of farmers in Texas. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of farmland. There's a lot of farmland. And, I mean, isn't it just a little weird when you go into a grocery aisle and you look at the expiration date and it's in like 2022? Yeah. What? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, why? Well, first of all, would it last that long? And if it is, why are you buying it in the first place? Right? And then yeah. two, like, you're probably going to forget about it. That's right? true. I mean, I've been to my grandma's place and go through her pantry and I'm like, Grandma, this is like super old like how long has it been sitting here and she's like i don't know i'm like okay i'm throwing this out yeah <laughs> yeah we uh we have a bunch of honey in our pantry that's probably that has the longest shelf life than anything else because honey doesn't go bad right sure. but other than that sugars are preservatives so. yeah exactly so other than that we don't really have a whole lot of stuff that should be in there for two years because yeah. that's that's ridiculous yeah so unless it's canned and that's a whole nother story right well yeah, I mean, if you're preventing oxidation and stuff like that. But, I mean, listen, for the most part, if you look in an ingredient label, there's something in there that you can't pronounce, right? Like you said, when you open up your jar, you recognize all the ingredients as being, you know, like real, real foods. You could imagine it in its whole form. When I look at, a, you know, some 
some form of diet bar or diet soda or some sort of low-calorie low chips. There's some ingredients in there that, like, start with an X and end in a Z, and I'm like, I have no fucking idea what this I thing know, is. I know. Know? So I, I feel like if we put those weird preservatives right in front of somebody and ask them to eat it or just you know, drop a little on their tongue, They'll be like, no, I, I think I'm good. Tell them. Yeah, yeah, no way I would do that, yeah. right? But yeah. but we eat that openly, yeah. and we crave it, and the foods that that we've grown up with, right? You know, this nostalgic idea that at every meal we should be drinking a soda and having fries with it or potato chips or something. Yeah. And the yellowness on the plate, it's, it's just bland, right? I mean, you talk about the preservatives yeah. and the food dyes. Like, your food didn't have to have a food dye in it from an outside natural source to make it pink. You're saying like, no, this is just what the food is. Like, right. this is what it looked like in the green and the purple. Those aren't food dyes. That's real food. That's 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 food. Yeah. That's what it looks like. That's what it looks like. Yeah. Let, me, let me play around with something here just because I don't know why I'm picking these things. But uh, would you ever consider, and this could just, you could not be considering this and then just talk about like the possibilities of having like a menu of like, okay, so... If you have diabetes, if you have pain, like, here's your menu of, yeah. of, of items you should select, right? Or, like, if you have, you know, heart issues or heart inflammation, like, because then you can tie it, right, with all sorts of, like, give us a result and see what you should be eating. Yeah, I, you know, that goes into sort of what I've envisioned for the future, and I would really like to see our company go in that direction. Dude, we could do that together. Yeah. That was... Because you know what? Who was it? Um, when we met the first night over at uh, Eat, what's it? Uh, uh, vegan Wonder. Vegan, vegan Wonder. Um, one of your guys there was saying there's a lot of chiropractors who basically prescribe these meals for their patients, mm. like prep to your door. Yeah. And it was kind of funny because I was like, that makes complete sense. Like if it was a diabetic, as a doctor who doesn't know much about nutrition to begin with, they'd probably say... I don't know what to tell them to eat, right? Yeah. You know, and so you're saying, I know exactly what to tell them to eat real food. You can have a meal full of this and know that every time they eat it, it's helping their diabetes. Yeah, I mean, do you guys know about companies like Everywell or Biome? Biome. Yeah, mm -hmm. Biome is really cool to me. It's like this at-home uh, uh, food sensitivity or, or gut health test. Okay. You, know, you do like a mouth swab or of blood mm -hmm. and you know you send it back it sends you like this is what your health is like and I would love to see at some point us connecting that data to the nutritional values in our meals and a customer signing up uploading their Everly Well report and us saying okay this is the ideal menu for you this is probably what you should eat this week Hey Vitamizers, just wanted to pop in and say this month's Slenderella special is a Labor Day detox special. You can check it out on our website at www.slenderellausa.com. You will get a bottle of Slenderella Zen, which helps support the adrenals, as well as a bottle of Liver Love, which is our most targeted liver detox capsule available. Uh, the combination price of these two is $94. You're saving about 20% right there uh, versus what you would be getting if you bought them separately. So look out for that package on our website all month long this September 2019.
That's cool. Towards that, let's that's go cool. for it. Well, I, I mean, I, I love that idea. I think that's amazing. Well, the thing about it is that we kind of do the same thing with vitamins, right? It's like you're missing these things. You shouldn't be doing that. This will help with that. And it's just like our form is more like we're extracting or not the root of it, but we're extracting the nutrients from what food is, or right? like all these vitamin C's and all this, all this other stuff comes from a food source. It's just that the labs have some sort of ability to be able to extract it in a more bioavailable way because if your gut's interrupted, you're never going to get those nutrients from the food right. anyways. Mm-hmm. Besides the fact that most food, most Doesn't people are not, eating, are not getting yeah. the nutrients from the food anyways. Sure. Um, so then you think about like, so we use that, right? We use lab markers all the time and we have to like, help with using, using that as a guideline to be able to help them reach their health goals for whatever that may be. So it's like, yeah, there's no reason why we couldn't do it with food too. That was your first question, actually, is why are people not getting nutrients from their food? And that was the missing part of my answer, yeah. was that gut health is off, right? So people aren't just absorbing the nutrients. Yeah. Well, because yeah. of all the pesticides and things, and it disrupts your, yeah, your, your, your gut. And and it's just so. The, so the GMO thing and, like, the whole uh, idea for, uh, you know, like, peanut allergies, we're talking about that. And I've said this on another podcast, and I say it all the time, but it, for me it's always also like an evolution kind of deal, right? Almost like the things that get processed the most have, or that get uh, that get consumed the most like peanuts and hopefully not avocados right then they also have to be grown more often which also means that they have more time to evolve more defenses so they mm-hmm. they won't be eaten but we're not evolving that fast right right so it's and almost that like, interesting yeah well <laughs> because we're not right like yeah. it's like we have to do it one by one and, and we should be doing it seasonal or else like I mean, they're like five years or, or five generations ahead with their toxin like armor, mm. and and we're still in this generation. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the way I see it sometimes. So how do you guys eat at home? Well, I can tell you, I probably eat the same thing over and over again, which <laughs> I'm not gonna lie because it's just it works for me. Yeah. All right, and that it took a while to get there because I told you before we started about my gout and all that because that was basically diet related. So I would say now I probably do heavier plant-based and what I do is follow like a typical kind of gut anti-inflammation protocol and I use meat as a condiment for the most part. So yeah. I do eat some meat, but you know, sardines, uh, ground turkey that's, you know, free range, pasteurized, raised, all that stuff. Uh, and I eat a lot of eggs, but I'll do like, you know, carry gold's butter. Um, but I, I've been really more into spices lately. So as long as there's like good healthy spices with you know good healthy oils, I'll go I'll go anything that's pretty much doesn't have to be cooked above like 200 degrees Fahrenheit. Like that's about as far as I'll go. So anything I cook on the oven or the stove is like low temperature. Um, but it's probably a paleo based diet, plant based. Yeah. yeah. And the heat. I mean, I won't speak for him, but he's changed his diet. Like, yeah, in the past I mean, I've, years. I've, I've done every. I've been completely vegan for the most part. I'm like, I would say like 90 percent, 80 percent vegan. I do the same thing. I'll eat meat. Sometimes I'll just go down on meat, and then I just won't touch it in for yeah. a while. Uh, I know I need it, uh, just for certain situations. I used to eat nothing but meat, and also Me fast too. food and all this other stuff. And you know, we looked at our markers. Like, do you, dude, like your inflammation's off the roof, probably because you're not eating so well, but also like. It's also very inflammatory for you. So I know I can't eat a lot of it anyway. 
but I do feel like I need it because, like, you know, omega-3s and stuff like that. I did all the things that I could do vegan-wise for to raise my omega level. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, algae pills and, and double the dose of that. And, and like you're getting nothing. real blood work done yeah. to see if it's... And, like, nothing was happening. And then it's Got like, it. we switched to official, and it's like, oh, there it goes. Done. Uh, like, and it's just like, you know, there's I just... I think that's super cool because you're looking at real data to see, correct. you know, what's happening. Yeah, but tell them what you just finished today. So to, I finished a three-day fast. I do a three-day fast once a month. I do a six-day fast once a quarter just to reset the gut for the Six new season. Six-day, no food? Just water, yeah. And so, but... <laughs> yeah, I did one one time with them, too. Six days. Six, Six days, water. I haven't been sick in two years on this now. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> but it's just for resetting the gut. And you hit them two hours. And then I do a 20-hour fast every day. That That's just my intermittent fasting. But then I also have to be more careful about what I do eat. So I have to eat higher fat. So lots do you of eat like one meal a day? It's usually more than one. Like I'll usually like eat the four hours. Like right now I'm in the window. But I just had one of your meals. I had a big thing of almond butter. I drank some, I eat some flower seeds. I'm not eating right now. But I had all the vitamins. I took like eight different pills. I had my drink. I had my bliss. And then I'm probably going to grab a snack after this. When you're doing the six-day fast, does that include vitamin supplements? No. I did it one time with vitamins, and I didn't feel the regenerative benefits as much. Like so it's just water. Yeah. Topo Chico. Yeah. He said basically you didn't want to stimulate digestive enzymes for me. So you didn't want to start the digestive process. And so he couldn't take oral supplements, but... I did injectable ones because honestly, that helped me the first couple of days. Because I mean, I was just adapting. I really wasn't tired or dehydrated. He was really. Chill. I was just chill the rest of the, like. And the he's whole just time not. Time. He's not like chill all the time. Like it just doesn't. Yeah, and so especially not with two kids. No, not, <laughs> and running a business, it's not. It's not easy, but it it's sensible in a way that the way Balder broke it down, it made sense. Is like I'm going to regenerate myself by cleaning myself out and causing my body to do something called autophagy, which is basically like eating uh, yourself eating yourself out as far as like toxins and getting rid of it. Like you're just basically going to the cells, digging out all the toxins that are in there. Like it literally eats away at well, that you, and it kicks it out. And your body's smart enough that it'll start eating bad tissue first, right? And then well, as soon as you start refeeding, then that's the part that gets built up again. So I've had a lot of great benefits. So. There's a benefit to mini starvation. It is. Well, it goes back to the old days, right? Sure, like, like naturally that. without. Yeah, I mean, there was periods that people would go without because it's like, okay, sure. well, bears all going to sleep now, so what the fuck do we yeah. do for me? Yeah. <laughs> well, it, it's been weird since ever since I've done this. I don't think we're supposed to eat how we've been told that we're supposed to eat. So, like for example, one of the questions the we time. always get, like three yeah, times. like all the time, exactly. So, if someone said one time, they're like, because Baldo. You know, says, I eat in a four-hour window. And they're like, well, how are you supposed to get, like, all your calories? And Baldo goes, I don't even know how many calories I do get now. You know, it's not that big of a deal. And they're like, well, you're supposed to eat, like, 2,000 calories a day. And I'm like, says who? <laughs> like, why? Why is that? And, you know, are you supposed to get, like, 20 grams of sugar a day? Because you're not really supposed to get any grams of sugar. You're supposed to get from your fruit, right? But how is there a designated amount of, like, carbohydrates you need to get in a day, right? Which is basically sugar. And so... After a while, I come to find that I'm, like, eating, like, a couple of meals a day. They're, like, tiny snacks. But they're, like, heavy. Like it's a, But it's a whole avocado. It's, like, a can of sardines. And then, like, an apple or something. And I'm, like, full for 10 hours. You know Michael Bird did a three-day fast last week? 
Oh, yeah, I think he was talking he was prepping for it. So yeah. how'd it go for him? He's on another level right yeah, now. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, definitely, like, day two and three, you're just, like, woo, focused. Yeah, he's like, I have mental clarity, and so I think I'm going to try it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, let I was us like, know. Bird, you're a little crazy, aren't you? But now you guys are... Yeah, yeah, but you were watching him afterwards. You're like, yeah, you're I have a whole thing, right? Like, I do, like, a whole, like, fat, like, lots of avocados, three days in a row, like, just, like, five, six avocados, sardines, like, just to preload, right? I didn't do that this time. Just because I wouldn't even think... Like, the last time I, I overdid it, I think, and... Well, actually, it didn't really affect me just because, like, I overdid it with the fat, and it was like, oh, hey, great. Uh, this time, I just, because I, I was a little bit stressed about it last time, but I was like, I don't know if I want to do it this time. This time, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm doing it again, and then I just didn't take care of any of the preload or anything like that. So, if I do, they, yesterday, I was suffering. I was just like, oh, it sucks, because it's like, I was getting the sugar, like, I, I there's a vegan ice cream tour right now, so there's, like, you know, all the all the fucking like sugar in that and I was like, I'm having it because I'm about to do a three day fast. Like I took a completely different mental approach to it and and it sucked, you know. Because <laughs> you preloaded on sugar and then you Yeah, and was, yeah, and so uh but preloading on fat I mean I can give you all the tips you want if you decide to do it. Yeah. But you know what's funny? He started that the like the day we got all the pre- all the meals. Yeah. Like so he opened like, it up so I walk in and he like opens it up. He's like, Look at all this. It's badass. And I'm like, That's cool, man. You can't have any of that, can you? He goes, Oh, I'm gonna eat on Thursday. And I'm like, if it's around by then and I like I ate today, I was eating the, the curry I was saying and I was like, Oh my god, this is so good. It was like at two in the afternoon and I said, Aren't you gonna have some? Is can't you eat now? He goes in twenty minutes. <laughs> and I was like, Bro, and he like he's watching this like twenty minutes. <laughs> So you broke it today, the fast. Yeah, yeah. Six day? Yeah. Jeez. No, three. Three, three day, three day. day. Well, I mean, just because I started late Monday. You're Monday, fully Monday. functional. You're oh, yeah. Really good. Yeah. It's wow. really weird. Like, you know, I also affected me during my workout yesterday. Like, I usually do work out anyways. Not as heavy. Um, and I didn't work out at all Monday or Tuesday. Yesterday I worked out. And I was like, I was just felt kind of dizzy. And I was like. Kind of like this doesn't happen when I preload. Like it, it just doesn't happen because like you you're already used to that. And so that's you know there's a lot of little cool things. But you like, know what? At the same time, I'm thankful for that because the next time I'll know. And if someone asks me, they'll be like, "No, trust me. Like you need a preload." Like, just, got it. <laughs> preload on fat. On fat. It's yeah. all fat. Yeah. Because when he was explaining it to people, they were like, "So how much weight are you gonna lose?" And I was like, no, nah, weight loss thing. It's yeah. not. I was like, he's trying to do it for knee pain. Well, who gives a shit? Like, how much weight is he gonna lose? And I was like, I don't know. He's probably gonna lose a lot, but he'll gain it right back, you know. And that's what happened, right? He's just gaining it right back. Yeah, and usually it's, it's a muscle. It's like in muscle. Like, it, there's a lot of benefits from that because I've bulked up during doing all these twenty-hour fasts. Like, but we did. Stronger, yeah. We did labs. Like we measured his labs after, it, and I measured mine. That six days, like the like the couple days before, and then a couple days after, and it was incredible to see the changes in there. What did you notice? So, my by the way, the first time I, I did it, I doubled my testosterone. What? That's why. That's the honest truth. <laughs> why I did the six day fast because we measured the blood work and his testosterone was a thousand. I was like, what the fuck? Like what? I said, and I so like I kind of went up there. And I was like, hey, uh, he's what the results say. I was like. Well, this changed a little bit. That's what I said. But your testosterone is like a thousand. And he like just smiles at me. And I'm like, what the fuck? He goes, all right, now I'm going to do that water fast too next time with you. And so I measure mine. Mine went the opposite. Mine went to like 100. I was at like 700 and it dropped to like 100 something. Interesting. Because I think there's a rebound effect. 
we tested mine like right afters and his we tested like a couple oh, weeks, weeks after. afterwards so i think there was a rebound effect but what i noticed was my coq10 levels so my coq10 which is an antioxidant was measured before and after and it went up which that is uh the ATP, atp we talked about uh for energy it's it's a cellular rejuvenator and so it's hard to get that to increase and so i noticed that increase and i'm like that's badass and then the other thing was the original reason I did it, not just for the testosterone boost, um, was to regulate my blood sugar and to help with my insulin response. And so I measured something called hemoglobin A1C, which is your blood sugar over three months. It's different than your fasting sugar, which is like the day of, you know, like what you ate. And so mine originally was like, I think, 5.5, which is like almost borderline pre-diabetic. Within six days, it dropped to 5.3 which is two-tenths of a point, and that doesn't seem like a lot, but put in perspective, like if you do like diabetic medication, like the traditional route of treating diabetes, and you lower your A1C two-tenths of a point, you're writing a case study and a research paper about why that medicine is successful. And all I did was just not eat and drink water for six days. Well, you can't sell that. You so. can't sell that, right? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? And so you can't patent that one bit, but, but, uh, but no, the one downside was the testosterone deal, and so... I think I'm now recovering from it, but that might have been one of the reasons why I was so chilled. That I think I was pulling reserves uh, from every source I could because I measured my cholesterol, and my cholesterol was through the roof because I broke down all the fat for storage, and I was using that fat for energy instead of the blood sugar because that's what you normally run yeah. off of. So I it's basically like yeah. So I started. I was like, I'm here's proof that I'm eating my own fat for energy right now in starvation mode. Which was pretty cool. And so, like, everyone, after they saw that, they kind of looked and they're like, huh, that's pretty neat. I'll never do this fast, you know, the six-day fast, but I think that's kind of cool. And so, um, you know, going back to, like, laboratory uh, testing and, and data and all that stuff we did before, there's there's clinical science behind all the stuff that we do. It's not, right. it's not just, like, I'm just going to do this for no reason. Like, when he talked about doing this fast, there's a gentleman that came in. He just got doing like doing like a 40 or 50 mile hike of mountains like in some colorado region and he did the same thing baldo did he fasted the entire three-day weekend and he loaded up on fat all that before he was hiking up mountains yeah he fasted yeah he fasted and he, he would regulate back. a lot he, quicker i can see that i don't want to try that he can't i'm about be, to go for for a week to go climbing i wouldn't I, i'm not comfortable with it like, but he trained scary. for it he I, trained I, for it, it makes sense like why it would work i just don't want to risk it <laughs> but when you say work like like as work. far as like why he was still fine and everything like, like functioning like he completed it like he was one of the top finishers in the group that he ran with I'm, and, and then he was fine afterwards he said he didn't have brain fog he slept well he said he came in for an adjustment because he's like i know i need to get adjusted and then that was it he's like i feel pretty good next time he goes i want to check labs before and after yeah. i do this just to see what's going on in my system yeah. Well, a lot of it has to do with the fact that if you haven't eaten and you're like caveman days, you're like, you have to be sharper in order to get better at killing that animal that needs to feed you, right? Like, you just have to be sharper. Uh, or else it's going to be longer and longer and longer before this happens. But at the same time, it's like, you don't, at that point, it's like, I'm not trying to procreate here because I'm trying to survive first, right? Like, survival is still first behind procreation. Yeah. So you would so see why. Tea drop. Correct. And then there's usually a bounce back. But yeah, I'm, we're gonna, the next six day we're gonna try it again and see, see, and I'm gonna try to test right before to see what happens. And see. Wow. All right, I'm gonna start with a three day fast. <laughs> yeah. 
I do like it, man. It's not the thing is like going back to the food at night when you go home. That's the hard part because you're like programmed to eat, right? And yeah. so there was yeah. So then I would sit there and Baldo and I would stare at each other. My wife sitting next to me like, "What are y'all gonna do?" She's like, "Is it okay if I eat in front of y'all?" Yeah. I'm like, "Yeah, that's fine. I don't care. I'm just gonna go to bed because all I see is like food here and I smell this and." We did it in between Thanksgiving and Christmas, yeah. so you know all the holiday food was out. But it was oh, cool because right. you know we're like we can we'll be fine. But we eat way too much, and it's just a habit. And so after a while, I'm like, yeah, it's just a mental thing. I was like, I should be eating, but I'm okay. Mm-hmm. That hunger pain just comes and goes after a while. It doesn't stick around 24 hours. It's kind of like a habit or an addiction. That's honestly. all it is. Yeah, that's all it is. And I mean, you and I both know that food's programmed to be addictive. Sure. I mean, there's chemicals in there that literally make it more addictive, just like nicotine and yeah, cigarettes. Yeah, like sugar and salt ratios, it's as simple as that. Yeah, and so to me, that was the weirdest thing, because around day four, I was already thinking about my first meal. You know, I'm like, oh man, and it wasn't like a prep to your door meal, it was more like, <laughs> I want potato skins and chicken wings yeah. and like all this pasta, like I was yeah. craving all the carbs, because mm-hmm. I love sugar, and that was what my body was like craving. And as soon as I ate it, Baldo and my wife were watching Dude, me he, he, like, he downed like five barbacoa tacos. <laughs> like menudo. And like, I was like, dude, like, no. like, And he's like, no, I'll be fine. I'll be fine. I'll be fine. <laughs> and it was like, all that food was like right up here at the top of my stomach. And I was walking around like just distended. Like, I mean, they the, tell you to to break it with like a, like bone a broth. broth or and like I hate bone broth. broth. I don't want, I was like, no, I want like this. And I had it. <laughs> And you know that signal that tells you you're full? Mine was not up. hitting my brain at all. It was like, keep going, buddy. Keep going, man. And then all of a sudden, it's like, eh, that's enough. And did you just pass out? Um, no, I didn't just pass out, but I was straight up, like, miserable for the rest of the day. And I don't, I don't normally like feeling like that. And then yeah. the next day, I was still craving the sugar. It, about a week or two afterwards is how long it took for me to recover from the first two meals. Just because my body was like, what the fuck are you doing, dude? Well, like, it's you, almost like, are we not going to eat ever again? We need to hold on to all this shit. Yeah, like, yeah, like, <laughs> why are you starving yourself and doing this, right? And then, like, you flood the body full of sugar and carbs, and the body goes into overload. So what should you open it with, bone broth? Like or? a bone broth, something soft. I mean, your stomach's also smaller. Like, you just can't fit it much, or you shouldn't be able to fit it as much. I'm sure. sure you can force it. <laughs> nah, you shouldn't. But, yeah, bone broth is probably the easiest thing, and I think some people will say, like, you can make like apple cider vinegar kind of juice, you know, some duration. I, I like going to to picnic, and I'll have like some of their like their their, their nut queso. Like he won't do nuts, right? But, but what about like a casa de loose meal? Yeah, hell yeah, That'd be yeah, okay. perfect. Yeah, and then that'd be a perfect way to do. It. Got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I guess I did it the wrong way. I don't recommend that for anyone, but um, I don't give a shit. It was good. Like that meal was damn good. We were in H E B the night before, walking around on the aisles like we were damn like you know, just picked up off a shipwreck or something. And like, oh my god, I'm gonna have this and I'm gonna have this and all that shit just sounded good. But ever since then, I don't crave any of that stuff anymore. Like, no, I would not touch it. It's- the other thing I would say is that ever since my first fast, like I think I've cooked more and like you appreciate, like you fall in love with food again because yeah. it's just like. It, there's a purpose for it besides just the fact that like oh I should just be eating it. Yeah. When you eat higher quality, quote unquote, real food, and you do that for a while, when you eat the junk food again, you can tell the difference. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't but when taste you just good. eat junk food, 
you can't. You yeah. just become desensitized and numb to it. I'm, it's amazing because, like, I would eat in high school, you know, like Big Macs and Whoppers and all that stuff too. And mm-hmm. I love the taste of it, right? Like, you, yeah. you kind of crave that taste, right? And I, I know if I eat that now, I'm literally going to throw up right after that, which is just incredible. And it's not a mental thing. It's just, it's just the way that it's processed. Because the weird thing is that Big Mac is probably more processed now than it was 10 years ago. You know, it's just weird to think about. But people don't know how good it is to feel good until they start feeling like that. Yeah. But they never get to that point. And then they wonder why, you know, they have trouble losing weight or why they're tired all the time and they can't sleep right. You know, yeah. it's like you're up all night binge watching, you know, Orange is the New Black, eating sugar and carbs and on your phone the entire fucking time. And you should have had your biggest meal earlier in the day. But now stress has led you to overeat. And that's what I was doing. I was eating like a Hershey bar a night for a while. And like, yeah, he would watch me do it. I'd, and I was every night, like a full Hershey's bar, like the king size one. <laughs> yeah. And I would get a headache from it now if I would eat that. Yeah. So my palate changed a lot. Yeah. And I think that was cool. Yeah. That, that happens to me when I when I eat meat or when I eat cheese, which I do. But I can I can feel the inflammation just a little bit um not to say that i'm kind of like you like so ironically enough heather's sister is a professional bow hunter she's a under armor sponsored athlete she travels the world and wow okay so, she would she would like uh, allison yeah our friend yeah she's a hunter as well she, yeah she preps all her own food so, yeah. if we eat meat it's it's game sure. that she's killed and sometimes, you know, both of us go up to the country and we're just like, yeah, fuck it, let's, yeah. let's have some meat. But, uh, you know, I had like an In-N-Out burger randomly like a few months ago, I guess. I felt that immediately. I felt like my skull was swollen. I could feel my brain like pulsing no, against my skull. And I was just like, ah. What's crazy, right? Because if you grew up doing that and you haven't really stopped, you don't know that. Well, I grew up doing it and I couldn't tell at all. You know, but when you leave it for a little while and you go back, you're just like, oh my god. Yeah. My system was, was so clean and I just took gone through it. But you know what's funny? Let me ask, what, what are your favorite foods now? Like, what are your three favorite foods? I love pasta, I'm not going to lie. Okay. There's this uh, chickpea pasta, bonza that yeah, I Yeah, yeah, I like that. Yeah. He makes that a lot too, yeah. <laughs> I like that. Um, what's my favorite is the curry that you ate. That it's, one right there? Yeah. That's, that's my, legit. That's my favorite protein too, Yeah. Um, and honestly, like, I love eating frontier door salads, like, because I, I just don't make salad for myself. And so when, when the delivery comes on, on Sunday night, like, I'm legit happy. I'm, plug, <laughs> I'm plugging my own company, but, like, I do, I'm just happy when there's those salads in the fridge because, like, they taste good. And I know that I'm getting some color on my diet that I wouldn't yeah. otherwise. That's yeah. funny because I don't really like doing salads. Because like if I'm gonna take time to cook, I'm gonna I'm not gonna do a salad. I'm <laughs> definitely not making a salad. For You're one of the first people. Well, I'd say maybe two other people because most of the time, like cheese, wine, um, they'll say pasta. That's a big one. Oh, my favorite food is like Gordo's donuts. <laughs> <laughs> I still haven't been there. I don't need to go. I mean, it could be freezing outside the one day of the year it's freezing in Austin. There's people out line, at, standing outside for a donut. Yeah. Like, and I'm just like, it has to be good. Those things are insanely good, dude. <laughs> and I can tell you afterwards, I'm like, 
I've been paid, but it was worth it. <laughs> <laughs> but you pick and choose now, right? It's just like yeah, I haven't had one in months. But you're like, I'm saving it up. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to act like I'll never have one. Yeah, no, for sure. No, I mean, because people ask that. They're like, especially like our friends from, from school back in the day, like, probably, like, what do you eat? You probably eat healthy and shit, don't you? And I'm like, <laughs> well, like, yeah, I mean, what do you eat? And like, what, you don't eat, you don't like pizza? I'm like, yeah, I eat, I eat pizza all the time. I eat pancakes, like, all the time. Yeah. It's just the pancakes and the pizza I eat now is a lot different than it was back in the day. Yeah, you know? for sure. And, I think people kind of neglect that, right? If you eat super healthy, you're like almost tell yourself like, I can't have this food. I can't have this. Like, it's like, why not? Like eat it if you want to. Yeah. And that's one thing I learned from all this too. I'm not passing up a donut. I'm not passing up pancakes. It just has cinnamon to be made the way I want it. Damn, dude, cinnamon rolls. Yeah, why would bakery <laughs> close down? And now I can't, gluten -free, I can't get gluten-free cinnamon rolls anymore. <laughs> I mean, that shit was awesome. Yeah. And they made sourdough bread. And so to me, I'm like, I'm going to have good bread. I'm just not going to eat all the time because I get bloated. It's all the things that we grew up loving to eat that we've learned are super unhealthy. You can make them in a healthier way. They're still not perfectly healthy, but, you know. What you, have to, you have to live a little bit, right? You go to Italy, you're not going to not eat pasta there, right? Yeah. Or you'll, you'll feel a lot different because it's a different pasta, right? Yeah. yeah. But, but uh, yeah, I... I know this is probably uh, getting a signal here. Time to wrap up. So, um, man. Any last I, comments or yeah, words? Or yeah. What do you want to say? No, that was, that was yeah. fun. We're good. Yeah. It's probably a little different than what you've been talking about lately. But, I mean, we always talk about food. Uh, yeah. That's what we always do because it's the foundation of life. So, But for anyone who is in the local area, because I know Austin is where you guys are, are you guys trying to expand to, to other cities? Yeah. Uh, next year, you know test out some other markets in Texas right now we're Central Texas Austin. yeah so so if you're in the Austin area how do they find y'all go to www.preptierdoor.com check us out on Instagram send us a message you know, give us a call we'd love to talk to you we'd love to feed you yeah there you go awesome. cool well thanks for joining man thank you guys so much Bye.